Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. I hope the Giro has you keen to ride, despite the winter weather starting to take hold. Fortunately, the fun never stops on Zwift. It's super time efficient, safe and convenient. And it's just as social as your rides throughout the summer. The banter on the group rides, meetups and even in some of the races is a great way to connect with people from all over the globe. There's also loads of challenges to set yourself on the great courses, including riding up Alpe de Zwift, sprinting down the Champs-Élysées, even riding inside a volcano or exploring the Japan-inspired Makuri Island. Zwift is the app that makes indoor training fun. Visit Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial or just to find out more. Ride on, and here's Christoph and Macca. Hindley was a stage winner in 2020. That year, he went on to finish in second position overall. They crest the main part of the climbing. They now start to glide down towards the finish line. It becomes strategic. Who's got the kick? Who's got the patience? Who's got the power? Pots of Vivo is in the slipstream. Hindley checks across the shoulder. Canapaz is fighting on. Jai is holding. Canapaz is still coming. Bardet is there as well. It is a blockbuster on Blockhouse, and it is Hindley who gets there. Incredible. Incredible, it was for sure. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we start, as usual, let me remind you that you can download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is this man here, Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm pumped. I think every Aussie cycling fan is because of the big victory of that man that we just saw, Jai Hindley. Brilliant. He's back to his best from two years ago at the Giro. So nice to see. 100% sure, 100% agreeing with you. And uh, joining us as well, it's uh, Kate Bates. How are you, Kate? Good evening. Nice to see you guys and so much excitement. I mean, it's a, almost a bummer, isn't it, that we had a rest day between the last cracking stage and now, I but know. we'll deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, Kate, is this pink enough for you? Is that pink? Do we agree it's pink? I agree it's pink. I'll concede on that point, Christoph. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very I'm much. I'm a mother, Christoph, so pick your battles, right? <laughs> no, I'm French. I do not pick battles. Oh. I do all of them. <laughs> okay, let's go back to what happened on the uh, slopes of the, the blockhouse. Uh, Kate, how did you leave this superb, fantastic win by Jai Hindley? You know, it was actually one of those stages that I kept nodding off, Uh, not because the racing wasn't exciting, just because, you know, end of the uh, first proper week of a Grand Tour and you're tired. Uh, But I kept hearing the uplifting uh, in the commentary and that kept perking me back up uh, to see that incredible victory. But, you know, I think it's something that we foreshadowed a bit, fellas. Like, you know, we were eating humble pie the day before, but we did talk about uh, how Bora needed two riders there. We talked about uh, how that would most likely be Hindley Uh, And, of course, Emu, who is now my favourite token Aussie. Um, And I just think it would make a really good movie title, like um, Jai and the Emu. So, you know, I'm pitching (laughs) if anyone's listening. Uh, But, look, he's, as Macca said, he's found his form again. So many people believe in him. And uh, I think that we saw the other night that he really believes in himself again. And I think it's only on the up from here. 
Yeah. And, and Maka, uh, you and I, we, we followed him, of course, uh, three years or two years ago, we were uh, reporting on, on that Giro when Jai just burst onto the scene and, and you did a great interview with him at the time. Actually, before his win, mm. he was going okay. And you, you, you I loved him before he was big. I know. Before I know, he was a superstar, <laughs> I was knocking on his yeah, door. You, you just remember the, that, Jai. You got the T-shirt before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but how much of... Uh, of him has changed. He's a lot more mature, but it's still, it's still got this bit of a vibrancy in him. Yeah, oh, no, look, he's, he's still a good country boy from Perth. <laughs> he is, you know, and you, you yeah. see that in the way he speaks and, uh, and look, him on the podium, the big smile, he's, but he's matured. He's yeah. matured. He's two years down the track of finishing uh, second in a Grand Tour and holding the Magliarosa on the final day. The only reason yeah. he lost... On the final day, it happened to be a time trial. It isn't always a time trial of the Giro to tell you. Yeah, that's – he knew it was coming, but he's more mature. He's got more experience. And, look, he's still, he's still got a great team behind him. And we'll delve a bit more into yeah. the team, I guess. But, um, look, he's in a great position. And he's at one, arguably, the Queen stage. Uh, 100%. And, yeah. and Couch Peloton, if, you if you're willing to add your comments, feel free uh, in one of the box, either here or here, wherever you're, you're watching. Uh, we'll be more than happy to take your questions on this because it's a big moment. It's a big moment for Australia because also, Kate, when you look at it, it's sort of, I feel from, a, from, a, from an outsider, I didn't grow up with Australian cycling, but it looks like at some point, a lot of the riders that were coming out of Australia were sprinters, green jersey, fighters and so on. But this time, we've got Jai, you know, there's Michael Storer, which is mm. not here, he will be at the Tour de France, hopefully, but it's a different kind of breed of, of riders. They're mountain climbers. What does that change? Mm. You know, I think a, a very obvious answer to that Christoph is the Cadell Evans effect uh, because that was the first time that we could really kind of say if you can see it you can be it and it was the first time uh, that then the development pathways expanded I suppose for riders like this because formally they would put a lot more development and uh, interest and scouting into the sprinters because they just knew what Australia could develop uh, but the tides have turned a bit and you know actually I look at Ben O'Connor uh, even the fact that you know Cameron Meyer Maybe he missed his um, chance, but, you know, given the uh, ages of some of the riders who are still at their best, you never say never. We've just got some incredible GC talent out there and Aussies are starting to know how to nurture it and also believe that they can. And, you know, it might sound really uh, kind of cliche, guys, but I do think that believing that you can do it is just a huge piece of the pie. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about um, some of the incidents that happened in the stage uh, in a moment around the pink jersey. Uh, but I think that the way that you can hold and conduct yourself on this kind of length race um, can really make or break you. The biggest thing going for him is his temperament. Um, you know, he's cool and calm and collected, and I think that'll serve him really well. Yeah, and there was a tweet or a comment here from, from uh, Mandy. I'll just bring it here. Uh, is the pride of WA, but you mentioned Ben O'Connor as well. Uh, it's good thing are happening in WA. Uh, the cheese, the beer is good in WA, well, but the cycling is really the good. The water's obviously good. There's something going. The stats. I mean, how are the stats of the WA pros? And not just, you know, turning pro, actually what they're doing. Yeah. It's mm. insane. It really is insane. You know, top four in the Tour de France, second in the Giro. Yeah, winning stages, on, winning on, stages on the blockhouse. Yeah. David here, he says, uh, and he's right, David says, next gen is looking great. I mean, current gen is looking great yeah. as well. 
And look, that, that referendum when WA wanted to break away and become their own country, yep. I never supported it. <laughs> never supported it. You always should be part of Australia. We love you, okay? And you guys do whatever yeah. you want with time, time change, time difference. The curtains, do whatever you want. The curtains, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You want to put a wall up, fine. That's fine. You're still part Just of us. Just keep delivering right? those cyclists. Yep. Keep yep, delivering exactly. those champions. Uh, Durbo as well. Yeah, Durbo as well. There's another, yeah. There's you know, another. I mean, Sikimaya, of course, is WA. Like, they're a powerhouse over there yeah 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 so yeah over, overall uh just a great time just a great time to be australian in uh, in cycling uh, especially in europe uh where to from there for jay oh look he it, firstly as kate said he, his temperament's good his confidence and his morale will be high the team will be super pumped now because jay he hasn't had a great he hasn't had a lot to write home about so yeah. far this season from his yeah. standards i'm not saying from my opinion, but from his standards, you know, for a guy who finished second in a Grand Tour, Kate, Jai hasn't done a lot. He didn't have a great year last year. So this is the re-emergence of him, isn't it? And as you said, seeing is believing. And now that the team have seen him produce something good, uh, Kelderman's lost a bunch of time. It's going to be himself and Bookman now that they'll, they'll really protect moving forward, I think. Look, just quietly, I know they smoked the peace pipe, he and Kelderman, uh, but I don't think that it will be uh, a bad thing for Heinle to know that he's lost yeah. time and is no longer really competing for him internally uh, for the GC. So it's a very different situation than it was last time, uh, not just because uh, the team dynamics are different, but he's two years older, he's kind of uh, unpacked the demons from the last Giro and, and he's back different expectation on, on his shoulder. Remembering that they came with four GC guys uh, and they didn't really point out any uh, favourite in particular amongst them. So he's emerged and gotten the support that way. So that's pretty powerful too. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Uh, question here, uh, David, are we going to talk about bike exchange? You bet we are. We and, uh, stay there. tuned. We'll get there because uh, we have a lot to talk about bike exchange on, on what's been happening and what we think that could happen in the next uh, couple of, uh, of days and maybe weeks and months, uh, depending on how the Tour de France goes. But being French, I just want to talk about Bardet. Yeah, because, I know. And, and actually being French and a fan of cycling, You're allowed to. Bardet looks awesome. He does. He looked very, very good uh, on the blockhouse. He looked. He was climbing with the very best in the world, and he was attacking mm. the very best in the world. Kate, this is the best I've seen Bardet since his podium days at the Tour de France. I think in terms of Grand Tours, he's looking very, very good. And I've got to say, I'm wrapped. Mm. I'm wrapped. He's a he's a likable guy, Bardet. I think on and off the bike with the with the press, with the fans. I'd love to see him continue on this good form. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. He seems like a really nice, likeable guy, and we always do have some uh, people we like more than others, some uh, maybe divisive characters. But something I've really noticed about Bardet in this tour uh, is he looks really good on his bike. And I point that out because he's not one for poker faces. And uh, when he's not in really good form or when he's suffering a bit, um, he looks, he, he's a little bit of a dog's breakfast on the bike and he really throws his body into generating the power. Um, and he's not the mo it's not the most beautiful thing to watch when he's suffering. Uh, but we're not seeing that in this Giro. We're seeing a really efficient style and uh, he looks just more put together. So I think it's fair to then assume that he's come with really good form uh, and he's riding, let's not say within himself yet, uh, but I think that we can still expect him to ride into this tour and um, see a lot more, especially toward the end of the week. 
Yeah. Five riders since the start of the millennium have won the Giro after winning the Tour of the Alps. He's won the Tour of the Alps this year. Just, you just stole the words right out of my mouth. Did I, I didn't okay. know that Good. stat. No, I didn't yeah, know that five, stat. Five since the millennium. Yeah, I was, but I was going to say, let's remind ourselves that he won Tour of the Alps, and that is the prime sort of final build-up race to the Giro. You go well there. It's generally yeah. in the Dolomites uh, uh, or uh, high up north there in, in Italy. And so it's big mountain days. Yeah. And you're spot on. His form's good. And question from Luke mm. here. Uh, Bardet as a TT rider, though. We always knew at the Tour de France, mm. we saw it, you and I, uh, when he hanged by well, one... Well, talking about dog's breakfast, Kate, the Marseille TT. <laughs> exactly, the Marseille Let's, There was pieces of him all around the course that he day. He held on the podium by one second. He finished third that yeah. day by one second. You and I were in the stadium. Mm. One second. I was happy mm. because still a podium is Well, a podium. he came into the stadium. It was like it was slow motion. <laughs> yeah. But he was going full gas. Yeah, so but was, <laughs> this time's I'm I've really changed. been cheeky. This time I've changed. He's a, yeah, yeah. He's a better TT well, rider. Look, and, and I mean, there's the TTs. Are, are the TTs done? No, there's, is, no, there's one more. There's one more. There's, there's one, one more TT. More. But he's well. He's he's opening TT was good. Yep. His opening TT was good. So there's one more. There's still less time trial kilometres than what there's been uh -huh. in previous Giro's. So this is, for anything, it's still his Achilles heel. Like he's not going to, it's all about limiting his losses. Yep. He'll lose less because he's going better, we presume. And there's less TT kilometres. So this bodes well for Barney. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now, the question you've been waiting for. Let's talk about bike exchange a little bit. Because uh, mixed feelings a little bit, bike exchange. Oh, they would. No, hands down, they were one of the big losers yeah. on the blockhouse. So that's mixed feeling because yeah. we've, we, we've been That's hoping. not an opinion, that's, that's fact. No, it's fact. It's, it's, it's fact. Yeah. We've been hoping a lot for Simon Yates. Yeah. He came here with a lot of form. He had a little knock on the knee. Uh, actually, let's go back and listen to what he was saying just before the blockhouse, uh, talking about his knee injury. Just a quick summation of the tour. A week in, uh, you had your, your, your small injury and knocked your knee. Uh, it looks to have gotten better each day. How are you? How's it going this week? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's uh, still uncomfortable. Not uh, not you know 100, uh, but it's not impeding me anymore. Etna um, was really quite a, a difficult test, but um, managed to pass. So, uh, yeah, it's been getting better every day. Thanks, Simon. Good luck, mate. Nice. Cheers. Poker face, a little bit. There's this mask, uh, a bit of poker face. Or do you think genuinely, Kate, he thought he was feeling really good? Uh, Bridie made a very good point yesterday in the race they ride. She said, well, you can't hide the injury on the knee. He's got fluorescent tape on the knee. But that speech, what can we actually retrospectively have yeah, you know, it's something we kind of discussed at the time. Like, it is what it is at that point, and the only chance he has, if he's going to turn up to a grand tour and hope to do well, is to kind of roll with it. To a degree, fake it till you make it. And, uh, Maka, I, I would assume you had this in your career, and I'm interested to hear. I remember some days where I felt rubbish or some tours where, despite all my efforts and hard work, it just wasn't all happening for me, but you would never have gotten me to admit that. And it wasn't lying to the press. It was probably mm. more lying to myself, if anything. Like, it, once you believe it, you're kind of done. And so I genuinely think that he was all in. And, uh, you know, he probably can't walk away and say, I didn't see that coming. But he can walk away and say, I, I thought I was on top of it. But, Maka, where to from now for guys like, like Simon Yates? Because uh, uh, Matthew Keenan yesterday made a good point saying that was the big pinnacle of the year. Mm. Well, 
this is a big miss for the for the team for yeah. him. Mm. So what what do they need to do? Pretty much they're on salvation mode. Yeah. How do they save the year? Yeah. Well, a couple of things, but just to quickly respond to what you said, Kate, I agree. I think you, you generally you're, you're fooling yourself. You're not doing it to fool the media or whatever. But but I'll also say, and you know, let's let's be fair here. He won the time trial. Yeah. He's not a purist time trialist. His form was good. His form was good leading into the Giro. Yes, he's had a bad day. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't just blame the knee either. He said the heat got to him. But he's had one bad day. Once he once he went past five minutes, he probably mentally threw the towel in. So then it went out to, what, 10 or 11. Here's my thing now. Now, this is a long shot, but I, I think they should be prepared to actually say, let's throw the cards in the air. Go the next two days, see how he feels, potentially pull out, reset the dial and go full gas at the Tour, Tour de France. The Tour, the tour de France. He's a, he's a grand tour rider. He's proven he can – he's won the Vuelta. Maybe they've just missed something here. If his knee's a little, still a little bit dodgy, there is absolutely no reason why he should finish the Giro. It's done. 11 minutes. Yeah. The only thing he can potentially do is win a stage, potentially pull out. Go to the tour. Go go to the tour with a two pronged attack. If he's good, this is if he's good. Yates and Groenewegen split the team down the middle. Mm -hmm. They never have a full squad leading out Groenewegen. Mm -hmm. And us three have said all along, Groenewegen doesn't need a lead out team. He can win on his own. Yeah, he's so, <laughs> so great. Uh, tongue in cheek, that one. Um, no, but I'm, I am serious about that. Yeah. Go there with a split team. Maybe they've got to make sure he's right. His form isn't terrible. He's had one shock a day, um, you know, and otherwise but would, reset would, for the Vuelta. Wouldn't that be a bit of a hallelujah event? Ave Maria, like this is the last attempt to almost save the year. If he goes to the tour. If he goes to the tour. Yeah, not, well, it's not save the year. It's save something from him and from the, the money they're obviously paying. He's, you know, he's a Grand Tour winner and a Grand Tour rider for that squad. He's paid big bucks, whatever yeah. that figure is. We know he's paid a, quite a bit from Bike Exchange. And it, it's psychological, Kate. You know, as, as a former athlete, as I do, there's a psychological element to this. And if they can reset, he's got to, he's got to buy into this for the, for the TDF. Yep. But there's no reason why he can't bounce back and be good at the TDF. Sprinters, pull out, sprinters haven't pulled out yet. Caleb Ewan's doing two more days, and then he will be at his very best at the Tour de France. So actually, question to you, Kate. Mm. If we accept this theory... Uh, as, a, as, as, a good, as a good theory, which I am not yet accepting. We'll see. I'm pitching it. <laughs> I really want you on board. Maybe you can slip me a bit of a couple yeah. of beers later on. Uh, but that's a different thing. Uh, but if we accept this for the sprinters, should we be accepting this for someone like Simon Yates? Oh, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, is his knee the problem because his knee is still injured and it needs to rest and it's a medical problem? We have to respect that. Or... Did he struggle on the stage because when rehabbing the knee, he's just not quite as strong and consistent um, as he wants to and needs to be? And they're two very different things. If he's in pain, get him out of there, get him home. If he's not in pain but he's trying to build form, there's even an argument to kind of split the difference between your opinion here, guys, and get him to ride out the duro but just in a kind of tapping through way, which we do see sometimes uh, some of the GC riders end up joining the Gruppetto uh, kind of just to get the fitness in and then go to the tour. Um, but we don't know. And I, I'm not sure that they will 
even talk about that publicly. Why would they uh, until they've made up their mind about what they want to do? But, um, you know, I, I always think fortune favours the brave. And, and so I think like a massive pivot in strategy would get everybody talking. It would be exciting mm. for him. It would give him yeah. something to look forward to rather than this massive disappointment to carry. And do you know, do you know what was And there? he's won the Vuelta. I'm not saying yeah. he can't go yeah. the Vuelta and win it again, but he's won it. He's, do, he's been there, done that. Yeah. I, I don't think they'll do it, yeah. by the way, but I think I think it, like Kate said, it'd get it'd be exciting. It'd be it'd mm. it'd create some publicity. And, and also, it. also, let's think about this from a from a management point of view. That means Jerry doesn't have to ship back the wine that he brought in back to Australia. He oh, can he actually just, bring it to Australia to France. He just yeah, he just yeah, bring yeah, it to yeah, France. Yeah, because yeah. because Australian wine's so much better than French wine too. <laughs> well, you want to go and show them. <laughs> let's show the French how, how much better the Australian yeah, wine is. Yeah. That's how much I know about wine. Uh, okay, very quickly before uh, we move on to uh, to the interview we've got with uh, with Jai, and it's actually a great interview, so you can like, stick around. It's only four minutes, uh, but it's really worth it. Uh, Bidden Gate. Let's go quickly talk about Bid and Gay. This the man in pink. Um, even though we didn't really see anything on the broadcast, it. no one really saw he anything. He dubbed himself in. He dubbed himself <laughs> in, and this is how he did. Yeah, before all, all answer, I I want to say sorry to San Omen because in one moment uh, we are in tension. He tried to push me outside and I lose my mind. I throw to him one bottle. I want to say sorry. But you are. Yeah, that was uh, uh, Lopez, the, the leader. Got emotional. You're right. You were saying he's, he's I, almost cheering up. I sort of love him even more, Kate. He's being genuine. He's being really genuine. He, but he dubbed himself in because none of us saw it. It's like a kid that no. says, I punched James in a, in a corner there. Yeah, but yeah, in the schoolyard. Yeah, yeah. I punched him. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it makes me like him more too because we've kind of talked about how chitty chatty he is and how he's just so proud to wear the Magli Rosa and he wears it with such pride, not just physically wearing the jersey in racing, but just the position that he holds uh, within the sport. And he did get emotional. I mean, um, you know, when the camera came back to my face, I looked like I was going to cry. Like, I think that it's very genuine and he seems like a really likeable, good character. I like good characters in sport. Um, but I think more than that, the last time we were on here, guys, and we were talking about his uh, interview before Blockhouse, I said that I felt like something had changed with him, um, that he seemed a lot just less extra. He was a little bit fatigued and I felt like he was maybe on the edge of uh, not being able to hold on for too much longer. For him to say like he lost his mind, that is a huge outburst of emotion and that doesn't happen if you're feeling uh, calm and confident. Even with pressure to lose your mind in that kind of situation, to me just says he's, um, I don't know if I can use this word in this time zone, but uh, he's buggered, like he's done. He's just kind of hanging on because it's such an honour to hang on to it. But, um, you know, I think if you took it off his shoulders, he'd probably lose 30 minutes the next yeah. day. Hey, buggered's fine, Kate. Yeah. After after midnight <laughs> on SBS, whoa. <laughs> what they say and visually, well, what they you, see. You should what see we what see. we see after the Oh, stages. my goodness me. Yeah, crazy. Okay, we, we've we been plugging it for a little while now. Uh, this is our moment with Jai straight after his win. And uh, that was during the rest day. You think exclusive? It's exclusive, yeah. He's done, he probably don't know the chats, to be honest, but that's ours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as with our good friend Jamie, he's uh, pretty happy, Jai. Pretty chilled. Pretty chilled. Yeah. I don't know. I was pretty... Uh... In shock yesterday, actually, at the finish. You know, I didn't, I didn't know uh, 
yeah, how my legs were going to be on that final climb, and I actually wasn't feeling super great. So, yeah, to come away with a win was uh, <laughs> pretty incredible, actually. And uh, yeah, just riding uh, riding on cloud nine today. What is it? What has it been like? Um, has your phone been blowing up? Have there been messages from you know friends, family, you know fans from around the world? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, you know it's been super nice. Hopefully, I can reply to some everyone, all the people that have sent me a message. But uh, yeah, I mean, the support's really nice, honestly. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd have had it. You'd have had that back in 2020 as well, I guess, when uh, you were so close to taking the Jura win then, and people, you know, all getting on the bandwagon late in that in that Jura d'Italia when you were doing so well. Um, so I guess you're a bit bit more used to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, I think cycling in general in Australia has really uh, developed over the years, you know, and there's yeah quite a lot of support from the people back home and. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's truly like incredible. Actually, the to know so many people were backing you and you know staying up late and watching the race and yeah, every day for for three weeks. It's uh, it's really cool. I was I was looking back on some of your past wins. I mean, and you don't do things easily ever. I mean, they're always tough stages. I mean, the Stelvio win in the twenty twenty. Um, Giro was one of you know one of the most epic days in the Giro for a long time, and then um, today is you know equally up there. It's a house, it's a climb of legend, the Blockhouse. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, pretty special, you know. Like, um, but I think personally, they're really like the days that Sumi, you know, where it's like an epic day, epic climbing day, huge like elevation gains, sort of stuff. Like, I really. I really just enjoy those days and look forward to those days. And uh, yeah, you know, to get the win on Blockhouse is pretty cool. It's a pretty iconic climb, you know. So um, yeah, pretty happy to add that one to the power There was a lot of discussion from the Dutch journalists about yourself and um, Wilco Kelderman there, but um, it, it seems more now that yourself and Emmanuel Bookman are the top riders um, going into the rest of the Giro. Um, what are the discussions around um, how you guys are going to work it out for the rest of the Giro? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, nothing, you know, yesterday hasn't really changed much. Like, it's a three week race, and Emu is also riding incredibly strong. Like, he had also a pretty good day yesterday and um yeah i think you know the more options and cards we have to play then then the better it was it was a uh, super unfortunate that Buko, yeah had had these mechanical and needed the bike change when it was like full-on racing uh but yeah at the end of the day that's that's racing you know and yeah it's uh yeah, actually, it was it was really nice to have three guys right up there in the GC, you know, because you can really play around a bit with uh, the other GC guys. But uh, yeah, like I said, unfortunate that Wilco lost the time. But uh, yeah, in, in terms of the team leadership, you know, it's it's still very much uh, we have two guys here trying to do the best result possible on, on GC, so should be good. So it's a Jai Hinley exclusive interview with
with us. Uh, the longer interview is actually, uh, the full interview is actually available uh, on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport. Um, let's send him as well a little bit of course. On, yeah, he's handling the bike quite well, but the phone... Not so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, he needs like, a phone on a stick or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, need to, we need to fix that up. We'll, we'll let him off the hook. Yeah, exactly. Let's focus on the content. Uh, Kate is, is pretty impressive. He's really cheap. We said all these words many, many times, but he never stops to impress me, this guy. No, and that beautiful, smooth, deep voice too that I uh, thought might belong in Eurovision someday or The Voice or something like that, uh, or as an announcer. Uh, the, the thing that really strikes me is his comment about to win on top of Blockhouse. There's so many moments within these Grand Tours that riders just want to uh, attain and achieve so that when they leave the sport, they get to take that away personally. And it may not have a lot to do with even the greater goals that the team is uh, putting on them. And with that comment, it says to me that he's a bit of a, you know, he's become a bit of a devotee of the sport and the romanticism. I know you are too, Christoph, otherwise you wouldn't have the pink jacket on. Uh, and, <laughs> so, and so I think I'm that blushing. That's, I'm blushing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's what I'm Red on pink is not good, by the way. That. But that's okay. no, 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 no. We have some colour rules, uh, even yeah. in Australia. Uh, yeah, no, so I think he's actually a really passionate um, rider and it's quite meaningful to him. It's not just about getting a victory or making a win. And when you ride with that kind of heart, uh, you can go through a lot more than uh, people who are just kind of more mechanical about it. Yeah. Can we say Jai is now the outright leader of Bora? Let's take a pun. Yes? No. No? No, no. Bookman's, Bookman's no. Uh, at a minute. I think Jai's at, what, 25, 30 seconds. I've got the yeah. GC mm. here in front of me. Actually, I can bring it up on, uh, on screen Jai's well. at 20 seconds. Bookman is at 109. No, absolutely. They will protect Bookman as well, and they should. Yeah. It is a long, long way to go. We're, we're virtually halfway, mm. but we've got the hardest days to come. That's not saying Jai won't climb even better and win another yeah. stage. But they need to protect Bookman. Um, remember, he crashed in the TT. So it's probably t taken him a few days to sort of get out of that. That's where he lost his time, uh -huh. effectively, obviously, mm -hmm. from the crash. So, no, no, it's smart if they keep protecting make a, Make us dream, Maka. Make us dream. <laughs> I <laughs> am. <laughs> but a smart tactician will keep him as a, as keep, a decoy. Keep people yeah, on their yeah, toes. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, before we go and look at what's happening tonight on SBS and, of course, on the roads of Italy and in the Giro, uh, there was another tour that we've been following on SBS, the Tour de Hongrie, uh, so Tour of Hungary. Uh, and we've got a winner. It's from Ireland. It's Eddie Dunbar. Let's have a listen to this. It's the interview uh, just after he won. Let's see if we see a smile. And there's probably plenty to talk about in this interview. What are the feelings now? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm happy to win GC, um, but I really wanted to win the stage today. Uh, but it was just, uh, I don't know, was it 40 metres too long, I think. Um, but look, it would have been nice um, just to finish it off with the good job, job that all the guys did today, you know. Um, ben, Kim, Elia and Andre, they all rode super well and uh, it would have been nice just to get the hands in the air, but uh, I think we can be happy with the GC victory today. Uh, what does this victory mean for you? You were really emotional after you won Copia Bartali GC. Uh, how it is now? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think look, it's another step in the right direction. Um, I think, yeah, the last four days went really good. Um, I was hoping I'd get to do the Giro d'Italia this year, so I was hoping to be in Hungary for a different reason. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, coming back from that disappointment, um, yeah, I just I stayed on it. Um, I kept my condition good. Um, would have been easy just to. Um, come here and back off and be disappointed and not making the Giro team but to come here and um, 
leave with a GC victory. Um, I think uh, it's good for me um, personally, and uh, yeah, I think it's, it's it's good for the team also. Okay, there's a lot to be said in there. First of all. Uh, he was happy to be in uh, Hungary, but not the right week. He really wanted to be at a Giro. I think we understood this. Mm. Uh, how, if your management at Ineos, you just want a tour. It's a world tour race, not a smile. And then you take a little dig at the management for not taking you to the right tour. Uh, am, I, am I digging too much into this? I reckon, yeah, sorry. I'm going to disagree. I reckon you're digging too much. He, he's, he's being honest. But he's not having a big crack at him. He's saying he's disappointed. Okay. I, I think he's it's good. He's he's you know opening up, saying he wanted to go. I, he probably would have had a discussion with them and pitched his case to go, Kate, to the Giro, and he missed out. And he's got a victory, you know, which who knows? Maybe they'll take him to the tour. Yeah, I mean, he was 18th or so at Tour of Alps. Like he was climbing pretty well there, but he wasn't climbing exceptionally. And uh, you, you have to wonder whether Ineos had a benchmark for him there as to whether he'd mm. get selected or not or whether that was too late. Um, but it, isn't it interesting? And you do pick it up, Christoph. He says the words, I'm happy, uh, but his body language says a completely different thing. And I do understand. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like glass full, glass empty, right? Like he won a World Tour race, but he wanted the stage win. He was almost going to win it. He ended up getting beaten. Um, you know, the Trek Sega Fredo rider caught him just toward the end. And uh, and so I think in that moment, we have to be kind to him as well. You know, missing uh, selection for a big race is a pretty big blow uh, to yeah. then be disappointed by not winning the stage sometimes at GC. And this is another unpopular comment. I feel like I need my own segment for that. Unpopular all right, comment. All right. Mm. You guys, and actually Mandy is also saying, I, I'm overplaying it. I'm overplaying. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, my yeah. role. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And Mandy, he's going actually... all tabloid, man. He's going all. He's trying to. You know, you, you keep on doing this. Maybe I'm applying for. I, a I was about job. to say a particular <laughs> network, man, but I won't. Maybe oh. I'm applying for a different yeah. job, and this is part of my job interview. I don't know. Oh, that's you've said. Watch at six o'clock. Exactly. Hey, mate, that is so smart. You're getting the ratings up. I like I know, it. I know. I like this it. is a smart, smart game from. He me. doesn't want to work for you, by the way, if you're watching. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the uh, the uh, race happening uh, tonight and the. Uh, uh, in the next few days as well, of course. So this is the top 10 as it stands today. So Lopez is still, of course, in the lead. We've got Almeida, Barde, Carapaz, Hinley, Martin, you know, Landa, Pozzo Vivo, Bookman. This is a pretty select group to take into the second and the third week of the, of the, of the tour. And Martin in sixth I know. at 28 <laughs> seconds. This guy, I tell you what, he is a genius. Yeah. He's a genius. He lost a bunch. He lost a few minutes early on. He pulled it back in a breakaway. I think this is the third time he has done this in a Grand Tour. He did it in the Vuelta, and I'm pretty sure he did it in the Tour. Yep. I'm, I'm full kudos uh, to Martin. He could, he could still run. I, I He's never going to win a Grand Tour, but he could potentially run top five here. Who knows? Don't say never, because if he changes teams, he probably never. can. He probably can. <laughs> well, who knows? He needs yeah, to change maybe, team. Maybe, he needs to change team to, to win a Grand Tour. But he's but, uh, a leader there. He's protected. He's, you know, he's happy. He's happy. He's writing his mm. books because he's a philosopher as well. He's, breaking, he's write, actually writing books. I think he wrote two books or something. Uh, but anyway, uh, Kate, this week coming, we have a stage tonight, of course, which is this stage here. What can we read on this stage, Kate? Oh, it's kind of a last chance saloon for the sprinters, I think. We know that uh, some of them are going to pull out in a couple of days. So this is their big chance. Starts pancake flat. Uh, 
which on one hand is a very nice way after a rest day to roll into it. Um, but Macca, on the other hand, by the time they do hit those little pinches, there's every chance their legs uh, will be feeling like you do after you have a nice ride, stop at a coffee shop, have a coffee, um, where it feels like the coffee's actually gone into your legs. And I, and I think there will be a few riders in, in that position. But it's all on for the sprinters. They just have to survive. And your Matthew Vanderpools and Biniam Gourmets have to try and capitalise on those little kickers toward the end and see if they mm-hmm. can wear some legs out. Yeah, you're spot on. And, and I guess for those interested in stats, you can see the profile. The first half is flat. The sec, the last 100 kilometres, actually just under 100 kilometres, is 1,800 metres of gain. So there's quite a bit of climbing. And the final climb comes with nine kilometres to go. There's a couple of different previews that are giving me bum steers mm-hmm. because they're saying the opposite. Mm-hmm. But effectively, it's somewhere between two and four kilometres. And... The gradient goes up to about 6%, nine kilometres from the finish. So it's Kate spot on, Gourmet and Vanderpoel. And look, maybe an Ulisi or one of those guys has an outside chance. It's in their interest to make it a bit harder. So if we, uh, before we, we conclude this, uh, this podcast for today, uh, if we talk about uh, Lotto and Caleb, uh, let's have a listen to Alan Davis. He's the, uh, the DS, uh, the closest to Caleb, actually, as a DS uh, in the Lotto Sudal team. Uh, I mean, it's not going and lying or anything. They're already thinking of the next uh, exit of, of this tour. Let's, let's listen to him and then we'll debate this. Yeah, probably only uh, after this day, uh, two more um, chances, really. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, there's a couple more chances on the, on the table, we believe. Um, and then, yeah, we have to reassess and we haven't really decided, you know, what when when we're going home or what Caleb's doing either yet so it's still uh, open in the air so we just have to take it day by day and uh, reassess it as it goes along. So that was of course our, our work experience kid uh, John Trevorrow uh, in, uh, in, on the streets here of, uh, of Italy asking directly the question and we shouldn't be we shouldn't be ashamed of of that answer a lot of people go this is unfair they're leaving before he's done it last year disrespectful to the jersey because he left as a the sprinter's uh jersey on on his shoulders but uh okay mate name of the game yeah. name of the game all, all the sprinters that are going to the tour kate they all do it and it's yeah. normal i don't have a problem with it I don't have a problem with it. I think it is a little tougher when they have a jersey on their shoulders. Then you can kind of enter into the debate, the respect of the race and the jersey. Uh, but short of that, I mean, the race uh, producers, for lack of a better word, uh, this evening, uh, the race organisers, they make a course that is going to send half of the sprinters home um, yeah. halfway through to freshen up for the tour. And they know that, and and I think mm. it has become quite an accepted thing. But people love to gossip about anything. I mean, when, yeah. you know, <laughs> we're on a podcast, I think that, you know, we're top of the list of people who like to no, discuss that. At all. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not our world at all. <laughs> no, you're spot on. You're spot on. I think people like to pick at anything, really. I mean, you know, get put put a sprinter te- on a 10-day tour with already two mountaintop finishes. Yeah. When the biggest race of the year, we know, is the Tour de France. It's just hands down. The Giro's up there, but the Tour mm-hmm. de France is the biggest for the sprinters. So it's normal. But he, look, he's got two yeah. chances, tonight and tomorrow night. Yeah, and then probably he's packing his bag after that. Mm. 
like yeah. most of uh, most of them. The stage tonight, stage 10, is at uh, 10 past 8, so not long to uh, to wait on SBS On Demand. Again, on SBS On Demand, you have the kilometer zero to the last kilometer uh, for the first time uh, in our in, in history in, a, in the Giro. This is a great benefit from SBS On Demand streaming, and you'll be live on TV from 11 p.m. Will you? Will we see you there? Will we hear you there? You're commentating You're, tonight. Yes, I'm with Kino tonight. You won't hear us initially. You'll get the world feed yeah. at 8.10, and Kino and I will have some dinner and then we will jump in at about 9.30 can 9.45 I can I come can I come you can come good yeah. thank you Kate you can come <laughs> yeah, as well enjoy. it's a bit far for you but you can come of course <laughs> enjoy the carbs guys yeah. we <laughs> should we, we should see you should be good thank you Kate thank you and we'll thank see you, you tomorrow thank you Maka. thank you very much this was the uh, Zwift SBS cycling podcast before we go let me remind you that you can uh, download stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash sport or you can log a ride with our good friends at Zwift until next episode same place same time tomorrow it's bye for now now that we're done talking cycling for today at least let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift training solo at home I admit it gets old real quick but with Zwift group rides events and races you'll have plenty of people to ride with and chat with to keep you motivated plus it's got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability there are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time on Zwift traffic lights stop signs busy roads bad weather they all disappear and each interval has the watts and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions to start riding and discovering how zwift makes indoor training fun head to zwift.com for a free seven-day trial thanks for watching or listening whilst you're riding on zwift